Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. It's episode 175. I'm your host, Eric Lay, and howdy, y'all. We are doing Southern Fried Horror today, uh, and we got the bell of the bomb down in New Orleans. Liz Williams. Most people down here sound like they're from Brooklyn. <laughs> and, and, and my partner up here. Mike Freebird Campbell. So there we go. Eric's, Eric's staff at a Southern Pride accent. We are doing, uh, we, are, we are traveling down to SEC country. Yes. Uh, so that would be Texas, Arkansas, uh-huh. Texas Louisiana. is not in the SEC. It is. Out at Texas A&M and Texas are. Okay. They yeah. are now. Yeah, they are now. Yeah. Like, are they Oregon's, now? Okay. They, well, Texas yeah. A&M has been for about yeah. 10 years, but... You know, that's that's sort of more. I always think that's Big Twelve country, but Vanderbilt, not no more. Yeah. Tennessee, yeah, yeah. Ten, ten, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, uh, Florida, and Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, yeah. Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. But we're also, we, but so did the horror. Also, so but, is, the horror does not come from the uh, the Southeast Conference. The horror comes yeah. from the locale. Yes, uh, <laughs> and 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 we can say North Carolina is part of that too. Right, right, maybe, right. maybe Virginia. Okay. What about West yeah, Virginia? Maybe. We're going but West Virginia. West Virginia. Southern is Ohio, Kentucky. Idaho. Okay, this is this is red state horror. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not talking about hillbillies. We were talking no. about Southern fried. So this inherently has to be set in the South and have some definite Southern tropes yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. and and feels to it. Yeah, clearly identified locations in the South with. I think southern southern traditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. And, and fortunately, we are not total posers because we have a true daughter of the South. On I am not a native New Orleanian. By, by way of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and raised <laughs> yeah. in Connecticut until third grade. So. But hey, but, you know, hey, but better. It's been like over thirty years. Your right. bona fides beat our bona fides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're we're Northwesterners through and through. Yes. So uh, now this is uh, thematically. What what do you guys think? Southern horror brings to the table. Uh, we have a lot of uh, like legend and folklore down in the south, so all of mine will touch on a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And um, my three choices are all set right here in Louisiana. Yeah, I think it, I think it plays on. I think a lot of the films play on Southern hospitality, which mm-hmm. is this sort of known this known quantity out there. Where people assume that your southern host is is doing you a solid, when mm-hmm. they may or may not be doing a solid, there may be some mischievousness underneath that mm-hmm. that uh, pint or that uh, pitcher of that sweet tea. Sweet tea. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so I, I take it you did not pick eaten alive. Uh, no, no. <laughs> which is the exact. Which is kind of Texas, yeah. Which is really sort of sort of more more Texas, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. mean, we're talking. We're including. I think. I think the if if we include Texas in in our analysis, uh, there is one clear king of the rodeo. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then about some. a little chainsaw massacre. And then Texas some. is its own thing, though. Yeah. I don't feel that Texas. Shares, uh, you know, if you're thinking like Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Panhandle of Florida, it's a different southern. I think uh, I think even alive, Texas. though, it's because it's swampy, right? I sure, think, sure. 
and mm-hmm. and I think frailty would also qualify. Not oh, yeah. not one of my frailty selections, does. but but frailty feels like that is a like a like a, a Methodist uh, sort of mm-hmm. died died in the in the in the South coloration to the you know I, I and and the feels uh, you know I to me I think that rural is is something that we get a lot in a lot of our horrors, with the exception of New Orleans, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. But you never see Atlanta or 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 Tampa as you know because they don't have the, a characteristic like that would make you right. say, "There's Tampa." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, I. But it's surprisingly how you know, considering what a massive film industry there is in Georgia. Uh, well, that, it, that it doesn't. That, that they don't. Uh, they don't play it. Have you not up. seen uh, Medea's Medea's Halloween? Uh, <laughs> Medea's boo. Yeah, <laughs> Halloween boo. Medea's boo. Halloween. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come right. on. I, I, no, I, I think. But right. but the other thing, as I was kind of as I was I was I was as I was hinting at, is that the the twist is that the visitor, in most cases in these films, the visitor becomes the victim. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. It's sort of the other. It's the other coming from outside into the very close knit yeah. community that has this that has this very simplistic. I mean, not unlike film, not unlike a lot of the folk horror films. And Liz hinted at the kind of the folk horror aspect of this. Not unlike a lot of the folk horror films, where everything on the surface appears to be nice and genuine and simple and welcoming, but just right under the surface. It's yeah. a very, very. It's a much darker, darker story. Well, that's it, interesting that you you went that direction because all three of mine are very community based. Okay. Okay. That, that they are all um, things happening to a community. Yeah. Uh, and a, you know, a very you know, to differing differing levels of, you know, a size of community, mm-hmm. but but they are, um, they're 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 messing with the South mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. and um, I I. For, very different kinds of takes. Sure, sure. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how how all of our uh, our selections play out. Well, then let's turn it up. Okay, let's turn, turn it up, it man. Up, man. Well, I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to that freedom rock. <laughs> I'm my my first selection is going to be from Arkansas, okay. uh, specifically Texarkana, Arkansas, mm-hmm. circa 1946. What this is this movie was done in 1976. This is the town that dreaded sundown. Oh, yep. interesting. Uh, directed by Charles B. Pierce, who also did The Legend of Boggy Creek, another right. yeah. Arkansas horror uh-huh. movie. Uh, this is true crime. Liz, if you haven't seen this, you'd probably really enjoy it. I know I that they did a, they, they yep. rebooted this one in 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have but, not seen that. But they, the, the, the old classic is done almost documentarian style. Um, yeah. And it, and it really feels kind of like almost... It was done in it was, it was filmed in '76, but it felt like a movie that was done from the early '60s. Yeah, uh, yeah, in, yeah. In, in the way, except for that, they really upped the violence and they showed you know, things that you couldn't do pre pre R rating. Right. Uh, but this is this is the story of the Phantom of Texarkana, the Phantom Killer. Uh, like Jason, this guy was the big guy who wore a like if you think Friday the 13th part 2 yep. he had essentially a potato sack over his head yep. mm-hmm. um and he he there, there were four attacks that he did and he killed five people do you know um, if there was a linkage between those two the, between Friday the 13th part 2 and the, tra- this one the came town for, this oh, one oh i know it came first came but first. do you know if they do you know if they they drew inspiration from it i don't i i, I think I wouldn't be surprised, but this yeah. is. But this, I, I kind of doubt it because the, this killer used a gun. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but he, no, I'm but just saying was, in terms of the sack. The sack on the head, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's certainly lo- that that would be. But that's zodiac, also. Yeah, you sure, know, like, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, but it is total low rent, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, killer action, and you know, I think this that the this true crime story that that um, uh, the director Charles B. Pierce took took it upon uh, took the the accounts of the the lead sheriff who was actually he was called the lone wolf uh the the actual uh guy's name was Gonzalez uh-huh. uh, but in this case they used uh, Ben Johnson who uh if you're from fans of the wild bunch he yeah. was uh Tector Gorch the uh the lead uh from from the wild bunch mm-hmm. he played uh Ben Johnson was, did a lot of westerns back in the 60s um, he's he Captain J.D. He Morales. And he was also in uh, Sugarland Express, the greatest Stephen King film. Uh, or Steve, it's Stephen well, King, I'll, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg film, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's... <laughs> of course, that's what everybody thinks yeah. of when they think of Steven Spielberg. <laughs> um, but he that uh, the, this this captain is a bit of a grandstander. Uh, he does lots of kind of press conferences uh, the the killer always seems to be a step ahead of, um, of of the police department. But this, uh, it the focus is on um, the deputy who is actually the primary uh, cop assigned to it. So an actor named Andrew Prine, um, and it stars one character. There's so apart from Ben Johnson, the only other actor you might recognize is Don Wells. Yeah, Don Wells, Heck who is yeah. Mary Jane. From Gilligan's Island. Marianne. Marianne. I'm sorry. Marianne. Marianne. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the <laughs> Professor Anne Marianne. Right. Um, so uh, this is, you know, I think that they, they actually faithfully go through, and I, and I did some back checking on the actual um, Phantom of Texarkana killings, and they did a very good job of actually depicting all of what reportedly happened. They changed the names, but the... But all of the actions are actually consistent with the crime, right? Um, and uh, you know they, what they the this guy's tendency would be he would he would stalk young lovers mm-hmm. parked on the side of the road, mm-hmm. drag them out of the car and shoot them. And in some case, I think that they you know that there's I think also sexually assaulted the women, which is you know so it's like icky on top of gruesome right um, right and but there was the first the first couple who was attacked was were survived survived the encounter um and they just were able to describe him as a large caucasian man with a bag over his head right uh but they'd never this is an unsolved mystery yeah yeah, yeah. that they've never that, that there are some suspicions that they found a guy who was um who got hit by a train had his arm an arm and a leg destroyed uh-huh. and they thought either one the last victim or yeah. two that's the guy oh interesting uh but they but they 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 actually uh arrested 10 or so uh suspects yeah, but yeah, yeah. nothing stuck because that they there were always alibis and then it's kind of funny actually and and Liz since you're a fan of the sort of the true crime uh genre that that there that, that that there were a number of weirdos who would come out and say I did it yeah yeah and then they go no you right. didn't you were <laughs> you know you, you 
that you, we, we know that you were here at this time. And so, no, you weren't it. Um, but uh, it, it's, it, it was actually, it's a great mystery. Um, it's, uh, I, I, I think it is kind of scary, but not super scary. But I think it, but I think this was one, this was a case which had the whole city of Texarkana frozen for about from February, uh, to May of 1946. Yeah. Uh, that's when all these, mur- the, the, the murders were happening on a regular basis. And, uh, and of course the town was freaking out because it's like, who, how can we stop him? I think one of the one of the best pieces in this movie was when they tried when the cops tried to lay a a, a trap for the Phantom Killer by having cops pretend that they were lovers on in 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 cars and they would stage it, including cops in drag. Right, right, and right. So they they did a good job redoing that. And um, but they actually when they set the trap, actually they they picked the date correctly, but. The uh, the killer found two uh, found a couple in a in a location that the cops weren't right and, right 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 and and so all of a sudden it became what the hell are you guys doing <laughs> how did you let this happen because they had the whole police department and and like counties from all over like from, from I think uh, they they had um, police from Oklahoma and Texas show up to try and help out and they never got him right so it's one of those great one of the great unsolved serial killer mysteries. Yeah, I you know I watched this one. I it's not it's not as you point out. It's really not scary at all right. at all at all. And in fact, all the night scenes are shot during the day, and it's like yeah, night s- in, in, entirely clear that it's shot during the day. I think the scary thing is sort of the mythos around it. Oh, that's that, yeah, that, that's that's, that's where the scares come because the film itself is not terribly scary. Now, did you see the twenty fourteen version? I have not. That they, okay, because uh, I've heard the 2014 version. I, I didn't watch it either. After I watched this one, I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to watch the 2014 version. But I can only imagine if it is filtered through a modern day aesthetic. I'm guessing it's scarier. The 2014 version. It's more bloody and not yeah, yeah, graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah. think this one sort of, as I sort of described before, it kind of plays out almost like a newsreel. Yeah, except it does. That, they, that they have a because um, they have a narrator too, which is yeah. which is weird. Mm-hmm. Yes, like how many how many horror films are have a narrator associated with them? Yeah. Not a lot. And and mm-hmm. the director himself played the doofus cop. Yeah, who yeah. Was the, who, who was the uh, uh, there, there? There was some slapstick comedy involving the, the, this doofus cop who couldn't who couldn't drive a cop car. Right, right, right. Kind of stuff. So, you know, I think I, I think it was a very interesting film because it's a great I think that the just learning about the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was cool. And I, you know, I, uh but again, um this it 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 felt saturated within Texarkana. Sure, uh, sure. And, and and it felt, you know, it's like you you really you you felt the locale. Where so, was it where was it actually filmed, do you? Know? They, do you know this? I think they actually in, did it in, in Texarkana. Texarkana. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So anyways, that was my first one. Liz, what have you got? What's your... All right, I'm going to kick off mine with a quote from my favorite character because <laughs> I picked all TV and all of my TV is right here in Louisiana. <laughs> okay. And my quote is, I did not survive four lousy husbands, a serial killer boyfriend, and the sort of suicide of my love, Terry, to die in the dingy basement of a fucking vampire bar. I have picked... <laughs> True Blood. Oh. <laughs> True Blood is the fictional vampire world uh, based on the novels 
The Suki Stackhouse Novels by Charlene Harris. It ran for seven seasons Woo! on HBO from 2008 to 2014, and it takes place in Bonton, Louisiana. Bon so that's down the bayou. We have uh, Anna Paquin playing the Suki Stackhouse, our main character. She is a waitress, and she falls in love with Bill. Bill Compton, played by her actual husband, Stephen Moyer, who is a vampire. And his kind of like frenemy, Eric, is played by um, Alexander Skarsgård. And it is ah. a sexy, sleazy soap opera of a vampire <laughs> messy show uh, that is a lot of fun to yeah. watch. Don't confuse and it with Twilight. Do not confuse it with Twilight. This or dark one shows. has all the sex, <laughs> all the gore, and uh, do they have fangs? That's all I want to know. Heck yeah, they have fangs. All oh, right, there, there you go. go. Yeah. real vampire. Yeah, they do go. not sparkle. No sp okay. They do not sparkle at all. Um, these vampires are kind of trying to live with the humans because uh, Japanese scientists have invented something called true blood that will allow the vampires to quote unquote come out of the coffin and let their presence be known. Aww. And so we've got, you know, kind of feuding vampires of, you know, should we be eating the humans or trying to exist with them? And Bill falls in love with Suki and. And are these, are these vampires really, granted the gift of eternal youth? Uh, you know what? They all look young and hot to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like whenever you die, that's where you're stuck. So, right. you know, Alexander Skarsgård uh, was a, a quite a joy for the ladies to have on TV. Which uh, that's a very a Anne time. Rice thing too, right? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right when you had like the little the little girl, uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst, trapped yeah. in the body. So she stays yeah, yeah. at her. But we're not her, talking uh, about age. Lestat. We're talking about. But but I, I do you think there was actually because this is a New Orleans based, uh, is it is it is it New Orleans vampires or is it no, Louisiana? No, no, they're in the they're Louisiana vampires. They're based in a fictional town that would be like a bayou, so probably okay. like where Homa is now, like about an hour outside of New Orleans. Okay. So they, we got Southern hospitality. Suki works at Merlot's, owned by Sam Merlot. He turns out to be a werewolf. Uh, her brother of is course. Ryan Quanton, uh, who was in Glorious that we all loved. We've got her best friend Tara, played by Rutina Wesley, and uh, Lafayette Reynolds, who is one of my favorite characters. They, it's in and out. It is a soap opera. It is a messy, bloody, nighttime HBO soap opera, mm. full of sex, full of gore, Woo! full of violence, and... <laughs> A little bit of sweet tea and pecan pie <laughs> on the side. And weeping so. willows. <laughs> yes, and it is super, super, I mean, the house, everybody's sweating all the time. Everybody's swampy. in their huge shorts and it's swampy. It is swampy. So 100% true blood. Did they shoot it down in, in Louisiana? Yeah, they shoot, filmed all over uh, Louisiana. I think a lot up in Shreveport as well, which is at the Texas border. Mm -hmm. But. Yes, they it is. They should have done. They, I mean, they should have. They should have uh, struck while the iron was hot and done a Twilight crossover, a True Blood Twilight crossover. <laughs> they would have ripped Cullens apart, and uh, they wouldn't have known what to do with them because th this show it's all about sex, 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 sex. Woo! It's HBO. Come on. Until it, I think it probably held the top sexy spot until Game of Thrones came along. And oh my goodness! Oh my that, goodness! So. 
true blue. Yeah, you seven know, seven seasons. Curl up over Christmas break and take it in. It. Yeah, I you yeah. know I never I never watched it a because it's vampires and mm-hmm. and b because I didn't have HBO and so c <laughs> I never got around to it. But do you think that I had always I had always heard? I guess the, my point is I had always heard really really good things about it. Uh, and that it's definitely like, diminishes a, as the seasons move on, but sure, it's sure. still funny. Yeah, like I uh, like a like a campy fun time. Yes, it's camp. Does it I camp? Does it feel like a show that could be converted into a movie if anybody went, Ooh. you know, this was a big hit on HBO, let's try and do mm, No, movie. it's too much. There's way too many as a soap because the soap opera requires soap the, opera. the extended run. Yeah. yeah. And it, I'm I'm not sure how many series are in the books that I do not know, but I know there's more than a couple of Was it like them. 12 episodes a year, like a uh, typical HBO, typical HBO. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. All right. And let's see, there are 13 Sookie Stackhouse stories. So that is why we have so Ooh. many seasons. <laughs> have you, have you read any of those Liz? I have not. Okay. I okay. have not read them okay. because you know what? Vampires, but everybody was talking about True Blood, and uh, it's a lot easier to sit down and watch them TV than to read thirteen vampire books. Uh, As you know from trying to do one Twilight. True, indeed. <laughs> true, indeed. <laughs> so, what do you the, the 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 height of the Anne Rice hmm. movement? Do you think that was like uh, early nineties? Early nineties. Yeah. Yeah, but there's the new version of uh, Interview with a Vampire that's. Quite good. I hope they're going to get a season two. Mm-hmm. I don't know another if the sexy cast it or whatever. They are very sexy cast, and that is set in New Orleans. And I preferred it to the Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Lestat, <laughs> Antonio Banderas. I mean, it yeah, was well, a, that was I like, will not fight about was... Antonio Banderas. Being whatever he wants to be, but it, it's really it's really good. And I didn't think I would like it, but I popped it on and said, "Let me try it." There's also a series based on her. I think it's called The Mayfair Witches that. I lasted about five minutes. The production value was so poor that I turned that one off. Tom Cruise needs to get back to being a vampire. Come yes. on, Tom Cruise. Yeah, no more mummies. Mid, mid-60s mid vampire, come on. You can do it. Hey, hey you know what? He, I hope I look as like good. He's a vampire. You know. Yeah. He's still... He, he, uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Cruise, Tom Hollywood. Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt could come back. Yep. Yeah. Heck Yeah. All right. Speaking All right. of uh, speaking of Humas, and thank you for that uh, pronunciation, Liz, because I was not familiar with Humas. Uh, this is a film that Homa? was Homa. Homa. Oh, sorry. Homa, Homa Louisiana. Homa. And okay. Homa's house. If you're going to talk about yeah, so Homa's house, I, thank you. Homa's house. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is a film. A tasty dish. Yes. This is a film. Not hummus. Uh, uh, this is a film that was uh, set outside the Hollis Mansion. Uh, at the Homas House Plantation, Homas House Plantation yep. in Louisiana, uh, the scenes of, of the interior were shot on a soundstage in Hollywood. This is Hush, 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 Sweet Charlotte from 1964, starring Robert Alt, uh, Betty Davis, Olivia De Havilland, Joseph Cotton, and Agnes Moorhead. I mean, Betty this, Davis. This film was friggin' packed to the gills with star power and it even had a very very young uh bruce dern is mm-hmm. is in the opening huh. scene and he okay. is 
Bruce Dern, I'm not going to spoil it. Is he Hispanic? Is he? You can spoil it. What's this it's from? 1964. 46 Nin- or something? 1964. Yeah. Had your chance, uh, folks. Bruce Dern, uh, yeah, he's killed like in the opening scene of the film. But here's the interesting thing for you, Eric. You'll like this mm. little uh, piece of trivia is that Agnes Moorhead, she won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Act- Actress, but the film received seven nominations, two more than Baby Jane and one less in the acting category wow. uh, for uh, Betty Davis in the 37th Academy Awards, breaking breaking the record for the most a horror film had received up until that point in time. So only to be eclipsed probably by... Uh Silence of the Lambs. Probably not until Silence of the Lambs. Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What, another 40 years afterwards? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a... Man, uh, I was I was absolutely shocked uh, when I saw this film. Everybody... everybody, I, Everything I had researched... I hadn't seen this prior, uh, prior to jumping into this episode, but everything I had read said, oh, yeah, you got to watch it. There's some really, really shocking stuff, and it's a really, really tragic story. And, my God, it... Absolutely is. It follows uh, a, a middle-aged Southern woman, uh, played by Betty Davis. She's suspected in the the unsolved murder of her lover decades before, who's plagued by bizarre occurrences. After summoning her cousin to help her uh, help her through the challenge, uh, the the local government is trying to basically foreclose on and demolish this massive plantation. Uh, but the film kicks off in 1927 where a Southern Belle, uh, Charlotte Hollis, uh, is she's married to John, uh, she's uh, plans to marry her lover, John Mayhew, who is the Bruce Dern character, and elope during a party at their antebellum mash, uh, mansion in Ascension Parish, Louisiana. Uh, Charlotte's father, Sam, confronts her over the affair and, uh, and intimates to him that uh, uh, the... Um, that he's going to reveal that uh, indeed uh, Bruce Dern is having an affair with somebody else. Uh, John pretends to, this is somewhat convoluted, but John essentially pretends to uh, uh, Betty Davis that he can no longer uh, love her and they must part. Uh, Shortly thereafter, John is ambushed and he is straight up decapitated in... Man, Whoa. a gnarly, gnarly. This is like, no joke. This is like ten minutes into the film. Bruce Dern's head, blood everywhere, with a meat cleaver. Yeah, nineteen sixty four. Nineteen sixty four. Opening scene. Yeah, it is. It is really, really gnarly. Take so that haze. So, but you basically fast forward. You know, several decades later, uh, Betty Davis is this this broken woman that's that's having to live with the fact that. Um, she allegedly murdered her fiance. She becomes hush hush sweet sweet Charlotte becomes this sort of folkloric thing uh, in in the community. Everybody knows to avoid the man, uh, uh, to avoid the plantation. Everybody knows to avoid her. Uh, the plantation is completely run down. Uh, she is essentially there all by herself with her with Agnes Moorhead, who plays her her maid. Uh, and then her cousin comes to visit. The cousin obviously has uh, uh, nefarious reasons for visiting because she ultimately wants to take over the mansion and take over the remaining estate. Uh, it's, man, it's, 
I, I was actually shocked uh, when I saw it for, for a number of different reasons. Um, the, the psychological torture that Olivia de Havilland puts Betty Davis through is, is pretty wild. Betty Davis, of so course. Olivia de Havilland's the nurse. She's the cousin. Oh, the cousin. Okay. Yeah, who who basically comes to you know to 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 take away and right. uh, to thieve the fortune. Sure. But the uh, and and then of course Betty Davis, you know, she she plays it up like 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 no one can. Uh, it, it's it's an amazing film. And and uh, the title song, believe it or not, uh, by Frank Duvall became a hit. For Patty Page, and it actually reached oh. <laughs> number eight on the Billboard Top 100. Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte was hush, the song. Hush, 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 sweet Charlotte. Next yeah. time y'all are here, we can go to Homeless House, and there's a restaurant there, and you can tour. And oh, see nice. Yeah, I would. I would love to. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a cool looking it's a cool looking location, and um, yeah, I, I do it have that. Does it have that classic? Uh, Palisade of trees plantation. going up through the yeah exactly the- no that's just Oak Alley oh okay which yeah. is the Oak Alley yeah <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, even though it is from 1964 uh, it I will tell folks it is shocking it is to see Betty Davis act in a horror film is is pretty incredible um, and in fact they were they they had thought about following up. Um, with the success of uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and doing another film with Joan Crawford and, and Betty Davis. But they hated each other. But they hated <laughs> each other. And in fact, the writer who worked on this even wrote a short story called Whatever Happened to Cousin Charlotte. Oh. Uh, oh. And he he was envisioning the idea of like a follow-up uh, sort of film to get them basically on the screen again and sort of tie these two yeah. stories together and they were like hell no if you want to get <laughs> if you want to get a great baby Jane breakdown go to the Jersey Ghouls yeah mm-hmm. they do a fantastic synopsis of whatever happened to baby Jane yeah yeah, yeah. yep yep all right uh, back to you Eric okay so I'm going with a little a little film that I don't know if you guys have heard about called Jug Face. Yeah. In 2013. Oh, yeah. I seen it, uh, it stars uh, Sean Bridgers, uh, who plays uh, Dwayne, who's sort of an idiot savant, and uh, we come to know him as the Potter. Lauren Ashley Carter is Ada, who's our lead protagonist. Larry Fessenden, who yeah. is uh, Sustin, the, lead, the patriarch of this community. Uh, his wife, Caitlin uh, Cullum, plays, is Christy. And then uh, the kind of nef- the there, there's a brother uh, Ada's brother Jessaby played by Daniel Manch. So what the story is this is a family of moonshiners in rural Tennessee are actually a cult that worships an entity known as the Gee, pit. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. In actuality, it is a pit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> filled with foul water. Uh, but uh, back in the 1920s, uh, it protected the community from the Spanish flu epidemic. Uh, hmm. And they, what the, the whole, the, at the time it was, the church will save you, uh, but it wasn't, you know, the, the community was just getting completely crushed by the, by the flu. Uh, but the pit came came out, and it demanded a sacrifice, and so they sacrificed the local priest to the pit, and it saved them. <laughs> these the, the, these people 
became a uh, they, they, and they've maintained their way of life since that time. Um, they are this is this what this crosses over seriously into hillbilly horror, but unlike hillbilly horror as we normally know it, this is all about the community. It's not outsiders coming into the community getting terrified by the local by by the these you know uh uh deplorables <laughs> essentially <laughs> we can call them deplorables well i think that's fine actually the, but <laughs> the truth is that you know that there these are they're they're folks who are trapped in like the 1940s and the right. way that they do things and they make their money by being that they're literally they're moonshiners. They do grain alcohol mash. Yep. And yep. they go to town and they unload it and then the local the 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 townsfolks um in uh, and I don't know if it's like it's probably like Chattanooga or something like that. Or a town not that big. Sure, sure. Uh, but you know, that they, they go to town and they and they drop off the alcohol, wink, wink, nod, nod, they get paid and, and everybody lives their lives. But what ends up happening is Periodically, the pit demands a sacrifice from the community in order to to give them health and happiness. And um, what happens is when it wants something, it will ask the potter, uh-huh. whoever the potter may be at this time, to create a jug. And then there will be a face on the jug. And whoever's face shows up on the jug has to be sacrificed to the pit because the pit wants what it wants. Yeah. Um, so we open the story with uh, Ada and Jessaby, the brother and sister, and they're horsing around and they have sex next to the pit. Kind of. Together? Yeah. It's kind of. It's we. At first, you don't know that they're brother and sister until later. And then you go, ew. What? Um, uh, and I suppose that fits in with the southern well, yeah. southern it's horror trope. Yeah. Horror there. Yeah. Kissing cousins, but Tennessee, kissing siblings. Not here. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the 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 pit decides that it wants their baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baby in the pit. And and does the, the pit demand a a jug with the baby's face? Well, what it does is that it that that Dewey, uh, who is the he's this. He's a simple man uh-huh. who's, uh, he's, he, he's kind of, the, the only reason why he actually has, his only role in the community is to be the potter. Mm-hmm. And um, he casts a pot with Ada's face on it. Ah. He's, he goes into a fugue state. He doesn't know, he, he's not conscious of what he's making. The pit con- sort of takes control of his mind and... He delivers, and then once the once the community finds out, then it's like, okay, off to the pit, off with your head. Whoever um, shows up on the jug is yeah. who's supposed to go into the pit. But yeah, Ada, Ada finds the jug, and she sees her own face in it, and she hides it. Oh, not the baby, not the baby. Oh, but okay, but okay. Th- it turns out that there are. She th- just hides the jug. She doesn't break the jug, destroy the jug, and she solve all her jug related problems. She, she probably. <laughs> She probably should have busted the jug. The jug looks great, by the way. It's a. It's actually they. They do some, you know. They show the the lineup of the jugs, and you go, oh. And then you realize how many of these community members have gotten mm-hmm. sacrificed. Now, there's an added complication in that because these are a bunch of inbred, you know, moonshiners. That uh, there there's been an arranged marriage where Larry Fessenden goes, okay, Ada, I've got. I'm gonna marry you off. To this 
this fine lad and <laughs> this dumpy guy and he's like because like Jessaby's a good looking kid, right? He's a yeah. But they and and they're they just they they are not. I mean, clearly uneducated in the world of, and I, and I guess because that they're it's in, kind of incestuous because they keep to themselves. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's literally and figuratively yeah, incestuous. incestuous. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to admit it to the. It's like you keep you don't tell nobody. It's like I won't tell anybody, and then eventually she comes out and she confesses that she's she can't marry the arranged marriage. Because she's already not done. She's yeah. She's she's no Ooh. longer she's no longer a virgin. Of course, this this oh, makes Ada. mom and dad really <laughs> really mad. And it turns out that you know uh, they're gonna try and go through with it anyways. Yeah. Um, but she's very good friends, or she's she's the one person who really cares for Dwight. Uh, and he and for the longest time I thought it was the Dwight. Brother? Dwight the Potter. Oh, the Potter. She doesn't really she like she she kind of likes horsing around with her brother, but they don't have a good relationship. It's really not a it's it's bad. I mean, it's just it's like bad for all sorts of reasons. Um and she she convinces Dwight to try again to cast a different pot. So, rather than spoil it for you because this is a new enough movie. This was done in 2013. Probably not a lot of you have seen it or mm-hmm. heard of it mm-hmm. i won't spoil who's what happens after the new face gets cast but there are lies and deceptions and it destroys uh-huh. it starts the, uh-huh. the whole the, the the pit is not happy and it starts mm-hmm. lashing out and sending out and, and starts just destroying <laughs> members of the community come on and man. and and she she kind of knows what's happening but she's trying to you know it's like she, she tries to run away uh, and, but the, but you know, it's, it's a, this is, you know, you can't get away from me, girl. <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, it is, it is a wild story. It's a weird story. I probably give it three and a half out of five. Okay. I think it's, 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 uh, I think it's, that, I think that uni- jibes with a lot of the reviews yeah. on IMDb uh, and elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unique. It's yeah. a very, it's, um, it is it is not a very positive spin on southern culture because it is you know this is it it really it, it's like you inbred hillbillies but it but there are there are characters who are likable yeah right? i think i think you understand what ada you know ada's reaction to this and you, and dwy is a He's a simple, sweet man. Yeah, yeah. Who's just doing what the pit tells him to do. Sure, sure. Everybody else is just freaking out, and of course, when it, you know, all of a sudden it's like, why'd my boy, why'd my boy go to the pit, and why didn't it take you? And yeah, yeah, these yeah. kind of things. There, um, eventually, there's a reckoning. Um, you have to watch to find out what happens. All right. Uh, you know, I, I uh, on a, 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 a tangential note, I saw uh, David Sedaris, great American satirist and probably the greatest living writer uh, currently uh, the other night here in Portland, and he talked about Southern accents and how how everybody outside of the South is so lazy with regard to Southern accents. There's essentially like one Southern accent, <laughs> and he goes... Turns out the South is a very complex thing, and, no. and it's like if you Eric's uh, given us four accents in one. He's I know, I know. Back and yeah. forth. That's, <laughs> that's what reminded. Well, that's a, exactly what reminded me. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a there's a Carolina accent. There's right, an right. Arkansas. The, the thick drawl of right, right, Arkansas. Right. There's yeah, which sounds different than you know 
certainly. Right. Florida, you get that big New York mixture. And there, right. there is actually there's there are actually some great. But that's why he he of, said when he's doing readings, he doesn't do a southern accent. He says because it's very complex, and he doesn't want to disparage the South. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have no such compunctions. Thank you, David. Yeah, so, Eric. Uh, I just, like, I just move over. I just like, move okay. over, David Sedaris. It's like, it's like I'm going to do my best Bobby Bowden impression, right? It's like Bobby I Boucher. Want like, to sound like a football coach. Bobby Boucher. All right, okay. Liz. Since I can't talk about the Water Boy, I will start my next selection <laughs> off. I could talk about the Water Boy all day, um, but I will start my next selection off with another quote. And it is, I can't bring someone back once they're gator shit. And that is from the witch, Misty Day, in American Horror Story, Coven, which is Ooh. season three. Okay. American Horror Story, Coven, season three, 2013, set right here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And it is about a coven of witches led by Jessica Lang and Sarah Paulson. They are descendant from the Salem witches. They came down to the south. And now they're running kind of like a girls' school for young witches, Tysa Farmiga, Emma Roberts, um, Gabourey Sidibe, and murder, mayhem, and witchiness ensue. <laughs> also, Stevie Nicks shows yeah. up as a leader there you as go. herself. There you go. um, they got a ton of the returning cast and then some special guest stars, including Miss Angela Bassett shows up for her first season and plays Marie Laveau, the queen of voodoo herself. We have got Danny Houston playing the Axeman, which is nice. based on the Axeman in New Orleans, a real serial killer in the early 1900s. And Kathy Bates plays Delphine Lola Ray, who was a New Orleans socialite and serial killer who tortured and murdered slaves in her household. So you have got so much New Orleans lore and history going on in this one with the American Horror Story uh, aesthetic. So it's going to be sexy. It's going to be super mm-hmm. violent. And it's going to be super duper weird. This is a fantastic season. I actually rewatched it. Um, and kind of is the last one before American Horror Story started going just completely bizarre. And I ended up almost turning off every other season halfway through. <laughs> so this one's just great. The performances are fantastic. I mean, Jessica Lang, Kathy Bates, and Angela Bassett on the screen together is... Powerhouse. Powerhouse. Yeah, the, um, American Horror Story is where great older female mm-hmm. thespians go yeah. to, to, to show their craft because they, mm-hmm. they, they can... Yeah, and they, and, and they do it together. I think it's one of those... It's, that that mm-hmm. has been sort of the trademark for, yeah, uh, for AHS yeah. and, uh, and with in, integrating some other interesting people eventually, like Stevie Nicks or oh sure Lady yeah. Gaga or what, who's mm-hmm. it, it's one of the Kardashians now. I mean, Kim yeah. Kardashian is now in the new one, and they the, always the have you know. Re- <laughs> Kim? Kim Kardashian. The, okay. the Kardashian. The, okay. yeah. The. <laughs> or as opposed the to Kim, A, which Kim. is like... There are, there so, are many, so many, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the Cullens of... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> California, I don't know. But um, American Horror Story has just a great, you know, returning cast of not characters, but actors who will show up season after season, coming in and out, playing other, thi- other uh, characters. But seeing... Jessica Lang as a witch, 
like sparring with Angela Bassett as Marie Laveau when they're in like present day, I guess 2013, uh, Angela Bassett like runs a hair salon and runs the voodoo out of there, you know, in her <laughs> kind of reincarnated life. It, those two together is absolutely perfect. Jessica Lang is a national treasure and nowhere else is it seen as much as in her roles in American Horror Story. They're so much fun. And I, you can tell that they're having a blast and Kathy Bates, playing a reincarnated uh, or like brought back to life serial killer who is also murdering slaves. She is very, very, very not politically correct. And uh, (laughs) there are a lot of laughs at her expense. So totally recommend it if you like American Horror Story or even if you don't just jump in. You don't have to have seen any other seasons, it's an independent season. So is that, uh, can can you catch all of that? Where is the... Hulu, uh, Hulu yeah. Okay. This is, you know, this is the only other season that I've watched of American Horror Story other than the first season, purely based on your recommendation. And yeah, yeah it's it's really great. I mean, it's it's really, it's really interesting. As, and as you point out like that, I think it's the first episode uh, that is set back in the 1800s mm-hmm. is is yeah. really really bloody really really it's gory. super gory and it's yeah. TV. I mean, I know it it's is FX. It is shocking to see what FX gets pushing. away with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the the uh, the way of uh, premier cable now is yeah. they they just sort of said do what you want. Yep. Do what you want. Exactly. But if uh, another good season, if we are going to include Virginia in the South, is their series Roanoke, because that's about, that's in Virginia. Sure. And is a really, really fantastic season for anybody who wants to we'll count stick Virginia. with the horror story. Or Virginia. Yeah. yeah. We'll they they seceded. Virginia. That counts. Yeah. Uh, all right. right. Moving Mike, uh, moving down the us? moving down the street to uh, Pleasant Valley, Georgia, but actually right. filmed in the town of St. Cloud, Florida, which I think is just south of Orlando. Uh, this is a 1964 film, uh, and I'm here to tell you if this film did not exist, there would be no Eaten Alive. There would be no Texas Chainsaw. This is Herschel Gordon Lewis's <laughs> 2000 Maniacs, uh, yeah. uh, starring Playboy Playmate from 1963, <laughs> Connie Mason. Hubba hubba. Uh, this follows a group of no- northern tourists who are savagely tortured and murdered during a Confederate celebration of a small southern community's centennial. Uh, allegedly, this was... Inspired by the Lerner and Lowe uh, Broadway uh, musical Brigadoon, which I kind of hmm. you kind of see a little bit of Brigadoon sprinkled throughout here, and then of course uh, this was uh, then redone in 2005. But this essentially involves uh, two rednecks named Rufus and Lester who use detour signs to lure six young tourists to the town of Pleasant Valley, Georgia. And then upon their arrival, they are, and this is kind of what I was getting to earlier with regard to Southern hospitality, they're welcomed by the mayor and they are, uh, the tourists are invited as guests of honor for their uh, centennial celebration. Turns out the centennial celebration is uh, uh, with uh, is uh, celebrating a massacre in 1865 uh, during the Civil War and uh, the massacre uh, this is this was a uh, where the um, the northern troops massacred a whole slew of folks in the south, uh, and then the uh, the town is essentially filled with ghosts 
uh, spoiler alert, yeah. the, the town doesn't exist. These are all ghosts. Rufus and Lester <laughs> are ghosts. Uh, and uh, they, um, the, the, the film, however, uh, much like, you know, we've talked, we talked about this in the episode we did on Gore. We talked uh, plenty about Herschel Gordon Lewis. And, you know, again, for 1964 standards, there are some, there's several scenes in this film that are incredibly shocking. There's decapitation, there's hands being cut off, there's, you know, total disembowelment there's a massive boulder that is dropped on this woman specifically to torture her um it is a gory gory bit of business for 1964 and it's i think it's shocking to see the kind of stuff that um i think it's i think it's really shocking to see the kind of stuff that uh herschel gordon lewis um got away with uh, at the time, I mean, obviously there's the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the cartoonish nature of Southern hospitality and the mayor and these, these hillbillies with no shoes and coveralls on, um, again, not a, not a very gentle portrayal of, no, (laughs) no, 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 not at all. Um, but it, it is, uh, it's actually, a, it, I, I think it's a pretty decent film, and I think it's a pretty decent story. Now, obviously, in you know 2023, you couldn't really retell this story because it is effectively a celebration of the Confederacy in in a lot of ways. Because well, I think because they the Confederacy try to retell this. Story. Well, they did, they did. Well, they actually did, but they t- they retold okay. it in. I'm saying in 2023, they retold it in 2025, uh, and. Um, uh, uh, 2025 has not happened. Or, uh, sorry, sorry. It's happening. Uh, sorry. Mike's gonna make it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the strike I'm willing is over, to. Folks. I'm willing. 2005. 2005. Okay. 2005. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. They they did do it in 2005. I don't think you could really redo it in mm-hmm. 2020. I mean, I anybody you can do whatever you want in 2023. But I think if you were to try to do it in a broader way you would probably have to recast the um many of the the characters in the film and you know rejigger the the story a little bit but i'm uh yeah i'm here to tell you the 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 gore in this film is for real and and stuart gordon i mean yeah yeah not stuart gordon no uh, no no. herschel gordon Gordon lewis yeah it, it it just it continues to amaze me the kind of stuff that he put out um in the, ni- in, in the 1960s, in the 1960s. And I know this was a lot of grindhouse fare and it wasn't stuff on wide release, although it was probably released in drive-ins and whatnot. But it is, mm-hmm. you know, it really set the stage, I think, for where we're at now. I mean, you know, frankly, if there was, you know, I said if there was no, if there was no 2000 Maniacs, there was no, two, there was no Texas Chainsaw. But frankly, if there was no 2000 Maniacs, there's no... There's no uh, Art the Clown. There's no Terrifier. I mean, that's, right. there's yeah. a, there is a direct through line between yeah. those those two yeah. things. And here's the interesting little factoid: is that allegedly Natalie Merchant and Ten Thousand Maniacs yeah. Yeah. took the band's name from this film. Oh yeah, you which yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I had no idea. And man, talk about a uh, non sequitur. Yeah, right. <laughs> Something yeah. that does not sound like it's, it's Ten Thousand Maniacs does not sound anything yeah. like this film whatsoever. Ever, but yeah, what if what a, these are days? What a funny, yep. funny, ironic twist! All right, Eric, back to you. 
All right. Well, I go from a movie that probably few of you have heard of to a movie which probably a lot of you really mm. enjoy. Uh, this is uh, Slither from yeah. 2006, mm. directed by James Gunn, mm-hmm. starring Nathan Fillion uh, as Bill Purdy, the police chief, Michael Rooker, Grant Grant, the local mogul, uh, Elizabeth Banks in her first big role as Starla Grant, teacher, the local beauty, the trophy wife, and our final girl. Greg Henry, uh, who was terrific as the mayor, Jack McGreedy. Uh, Tanya Saulnier as the local teenager who gets the classic bathtub scene. And Brenda James as the unfortunate girl who falls victim to Grant Grant and becomes the uh, the the woman in the barn, which yep. you if you know anything about Slither, you know what that is. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So a meteorite. Wait, strips. you're forgetting too. The, well, we have we have we've got a bunch. We got a couple of deputies. Jenna got, Fisher, Pam from the Office is in the film, and Lloyd Kaufman's in it too. Come on, yeah, you're, Lloyd, you're, yeah. you're you're stepping on the punchline. Okay, Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to. It's a blink and you'll miss it, Lloyd Kaufman moment. But, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's Lloyd there. Kaufman. Come um, on, come on. But you know the reason why Lloyd Kaufman is in it is because uh, James Gunn's previous work right. he he, right, right, he, right. Wrote, yep. he wrote Tromeo and Juliet for exactly Tron. yep yep so that's why yep, Lloyd yep. gets gets a uh, an homage there um, so anyways a meteorite a meteorite strikes the outskirts of the fictional town of Wheelsey, South Carolina uh, on it is a parasite a really nasty stinger and when local mogul Grant Grant <laughs> who gets he gets a not tonight honey i i don't i'm not in the mood from his from from starla he goes out and he he goes out to a bar where it's like sad karaoke and nothing nothing is as depressing as going to a karaoke bar with one singer who can't sing uh and he gets uh he runs into a a young woman who has been she's Kind of a gold digger, mm-hmm. uh, but she. This is so. This is Brenda, um, the who, Brenda, Brenda James, who also plays a character named Brenda. Um, and she convinces him. It's like we. It's like to, to to let's go for a walk. They go for a walk. He runs into the, uh, the the meteorite, and he gets he gets injected by. Uh, uh, the creature from outer space, the Slither monster, and he becomes sort of essentially the queen, the 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 queen bee monster, uh, and and it just becomes a roller coaster from from that point. He starts turning into a uh, voracious uh, meat crazy uh, a monster, a blob thing with like lots of sharp fangs and tentacles and stuff. But there's there are a couple of great things like he go when he goes into the, the shop the, the 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 grocery store, he goes mmm, meat. And it's like <laughs> Michael Rooker. He's great. And with, he can convey something with one word that you know other actors could only dream of. Um, and uh, you know and then then eventually his you know when he comes back, Starla sees that he starts changing and and it's like, honey, what what happened to you? It's just a bee sting. <laughs> it's like it's this bee sting. This bee sting is turning him into a blob, and and uh, eventually Nathan Fillion, who's the gets gets called because he's now the police chief. He he had he and Starla had a he had a thing 
but she 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 married Grant Grant, and a lot of people go, why would she marry that guy? It's like, well, you know, he's very good to her, he's very sweet right, to right. her, but he's you know, it's like, but there's you know, the big age gap. Uh, and then they find out that Grant is just completely gone monstrous, and then they run into the Brenda th- the, the, the 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 Brenda Blob right, in right. the barn. She bursts, and then it unleashing millions of little slugs throughout the community, and uh, the slugs start going into the community, and they start infecting all the local populations. And the you know classic uh, the. Uh, statement of don't let them into your mouth which is straight straight from david cronenberg you know i talked i think recently we talked about um uh not rabid um scanners no oh shoot anyways it's cronenbergian oh it's sure a, sure it's a uh I just saw it too. Anyways, so they're, they're little little slug monsters that crawl all over the place, and then they try and find an orifice, and then once they get into you, you wander. They 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 start marching towards Grant Grant's house, and start merging with him into this pile of flesh creature things. It is super gross. It is super funny. Um, it is action packed. The 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 you get to see this is James Gunn's first. Uh, first directorial uh, feature and everything that sort of that you learn about how, how good he is with a with a punchline and setting up uh, a kind of um, an inappropriate joke uh, for great effect it is you know this was this was a complete surprise when I saw it I th- I, I remember seeing the advertisements for it and I went this looks gonzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know is that have we seen the best of it? No. <laughs> there is so much going on in this movie. Um, and I think this one really captures, you know, the, the Southern town as this charming, very well, you know, this tight community, uh, where, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody. Um, in a way it it was kind of like, um, uh, the, what Kyle McLaughlin, um, the Twin Peaks, Peaks, thank you. Um, and where was it filmed? This, this was, I'm, I think. This was this all is, filmed right outside of Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay, but it, but they played <laughs> so not quite the South, um, Southern British Columbia. But they they I think, <laughs> but Michael Rooker is from Alabama, so right, he, right, so right, he's right. got he's got the appropriate accent. Uh, but you know uh, Nathan Fillion and uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks managed to do to do convincing at least for for a northerner's ears yeah uh, good play play southerners um but it was also there were some other like pure like great southern elements like line dancing with uh you know so with a, with a country music uh deer hunting um show a uh, hoedown and um that was you know i think the the sort of the the big community things like we're gonna go together we're gonna go shoot some bucks and uh then, but it also had some other things. Like it had the, I never would have thought that every woman in the world by air supply would be such a perfect uh, song for this for this movie because it, it gets played a couple of times, um, particularly when you know Starla has to commit to try and and get close to Grant the the, the horribly mutated Grant who now looks like the basket case. 50 times larger and 
and has to make out with the monster and they start playing every woman <laughs> in the world and which is if you don't know yacht rock Liz Liz knows this. Liz has got a big mm-hmm. grin on her face because she knows what that song is. So, uh, you know, I think this is this was as horror comedy goes. This is one of my favorite horror comedies. It's yeah. It's also, oh my gosh, yeah. It's also none better. Super gross. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I think it also resisted the urge to be be sequelized. I, I think it's kind of surprising because they could. Yeah, they and sa- you know, sadly, James Gunn never really went back to horror. I mean, obviously, he did he's, burn. I think ob- obviously like he's the, paying his bills. He's paying his bills Guardians elsewhere. Of the galaxy yeah. money. But he didn't direct Brightburn. He produced it. Yeah, he produced it. I mean, he's produced some stuff, but he hasn't gone back and directed a horror film and given his eye to to horror yeah. uh, by way of Slither. I mean. I think he could easily do another yeah. horror film. I mean, he's, he's going to be doof- kind of busy for the next ten years. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He's, it's, uh, uh, he's, he's paying his bills. He's yeah. paying his bills. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll take the reins of Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, yeah. which I think he could be very good at. But sure, sure. Yeah, uh, this was this was an. This, this was the big coming out part because I think Nathan Fillion had done Firefly. Yep. Um, Elizabeth Banks hadn't done a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Rooker had been sort of a bit player after mm-hmm. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This sort of put him back on the main stage. This was right before Pam was on The Office. Yeah. I, you know, I, <laughs> you Jenna got Fisher. me there. Jenna Fisher. Yeah. I think she got, She was the, I think, a, the, the she was the dis- operator. She was the dispatcher. Yeah, and she got jumped by it. She, yeah, got, yeah. she got slugged. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, so that's, you know, classic, classic horror comedy. Liz, you're last All one. All right. You're not, this is not one for laughing. I'll kick this one off again with a quote. It's all one ghetto, man. A giant gutter in outer space. And that is Detective Rustin Rust Cole, played by Matthew McConaughey in season one of True Detective. So the uh this is from twenty fourteen. True Detective season one. Uh, they're about to release season four, can't but none of that. the seasons are connected. I can't either, but sadly, because of this stupid strike, we now have to wait till January of 2025. I mean, 2024. So my looking forward to in 2023 is getting all messed up by the strike. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is stars uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Matthew McConaughey, they both play Louisiana State Police homicide detectives, Rust Cole and Marty Hart, who investigate the murder of a prostitute in 1995. And 17 years later, they have to revisit the investigation along with several other unsolved crimes. Both McConaughey and Harrelson are from Texas. So both Southerners. And this, uh, show is a southern police procedural mixed with cosmic horror uh there is a that's the king in yellow and carcosa uh myths that are prevalent throughout this entire thing oh yes um there's pictures of like the green man there's references to lovecraft and uh who is it who wrote king in yellow chambers uh, there's a really great article on Nerdist.com called The History of the True Detective's Terrifying Yellow King. So it is weird, weird, weird. Um, I know everybody knows the quote, time is a flat circle. That's Matthew McConaughey's you know, character trying to come to grips with what they saw. Um, time is a flat circle. Gardens has a ritual, <laughs> ritualistic killing. It's a girl tied to a tree with like a deer uh, antlers 
you know, attached to her. It's super violent. But this one also talks about religion, like Southern tent revivals, um, Christianity, infidelity. It, it goes deep and it gets super, super weird. I think that's what kind of made it stand out um, in TV in 2014. So it was written by Nick Pizzolatto, who's a mystery you know, and thriller writer. He had envisioned it as a novel, but then thought it would work better for TV. And he wrote the entire season, and the entire season was directed by Carrie Fukunaga. Um, it was all shot on 35 millimeter. It was all shot really? here in Louisiana. Huh. So it's gorgeous. It, I mean, I really think, you know, HBO for the past, God, I guess 20 years, 25 years. I wonder the Sopranos come out. Yeah, it's been the like go-to for, you know, the golden Premium age TV. of TV. Mm-hmm. And this one really upped the bar. Um, unfortunately, season two is a steaming pile of, But season three may even be better than season one. And we'll see what season four has in store for us. But uh, yeah, True Detective season one. Get cosmic, get weird and do it all down here in Louisiana. That's right. Final pick. That's right. All right. Uh, Staying in Louisiana. This is a film that has slavery, witchcraft, mob justice, and perhaps... Uh, the most critical of all Leo Lucio Fulci elements, Revenge. Uh, this is That's a film nice. that was shot at the historic Otis House in Madisonville, Louisiana, just across the lake uh, from New Orleans. This is a film that I have already previously talked once about on our podcast when we talked about, ironically enough, Liz, Cosmic Horror. This is The Beyond from 1981. Uh, this is... Uh, an Italian Southern Gothic supernatural film that has really like every possible element of horror you can imagine kind of crammed all into one film. There is black magic. There are zombies. There is cosmic horror. It is comedic in ways. There's elements of giallo. Intentionally comic (laughs) not intentionally no 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 definitely not intentional (laughs) definitely not intentional uh this is uh intentional from uh as viewed through the prism of uh 2023 not 2025 2023 um but this film uh involves a young woman who inherits a hotel in rural louisiana that was once the site of a horrific murder and might might just be the gateway to hell. This is the second film uh, in the Gates of Hell trilogy. That is what it is officially called. Spoiler alert. The Gates of (laughs) Hell trilogy uh, between City of the Living Dead, followed by uh, House by the Cemetery. I think this is the best of the three uh, Lucio Fulci films. If you're gonna if you're gonna rank those three, this is definitely definitely the best. It had the most cred. It has the most gore. It has some of the most shocking. It's the best looking of the three too. I think so. Yeah, yeah Although, I think so. I, I will advise it is a. Uh, I, I think there's sometimes the translation is rough. Um, and it's and some and, oh in terms so of the, the dubbing. Well, it's yeah. In terms of the dubbing, and it just it's. It is such a bizarre movie. It is you really. I think drink your coffee because the the story is pretty complex. Oh and, yeah, and, agreed. And, and you and you need to, in order to follow it, you need to be really paying attention. Yeah. Um, 
funny enough, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's got, I, I think surrealistic is the best mm-hmm. best way to describe mm-hmm. it. I think a lot of horror filmmakers and uh, people into cosmic horror and surrealism have um, all noted that the film is disorienting uh, and that it has a very strange sort of atmospheric tone mm-hmm. and direction. Uh, it, it, it in some ways is a little disjointed, but it does eventually tie its way all the way back to the beginning of the film, which is an interesting, uh, an interesting callback. Uh, so you start with the gates of hell being opened and then you come back to the gates of hell where the two main characters are effectively trapped in hell. Hell. Yeah. But it turns out the hell, uh, Fulcio's version of hell is not a lot dislike uh, the the phantasm version of yeah, it of, reminds of me hell. of the cellar yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah yeah oh yeah the film uh, that oh, was at South, yeah. we saw at South by Southwest a couple years yeah. ago yeah. yeah no it's 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 vast and cold yeah vast and cold and 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 empty yes yeah 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 whereas the cellar you were like in line for forever that was the yeah. <laughs> that but, was but, the, the horror came from like, doing, like doing, do, doing geometry oh, and standing in line forever. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it, it but it had that kind of you know as a as opposed to the depictions of fire fire and brimstone this was cold and empty yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. That's how you get people in Louisiana to go to hell. Like, it's hot outside. Hold <laughs> down there. We're going. You give me a drink. <laughs> Open I'm, those I'm gates good. of hell. I'm, I'm going in. <laughs> Do they have hurricanes? That's all I want to know. If there's yeah, a hurricane, I'm in. Uh, yeah, so the, so uh, I do encourage like folks that. to go take a look at The Beyond as well as the other three uh, or the other two films in the Gates of Hell Where does this series? get placed within the, within the series? Uh, this is number two. Okay. This is number two in the series, and there, there, there's, uh, yeah. If you're looking for a, a really clear and distinct narrative through line across those films, don't look yep. for one. It works it as a standalone. Really, it does work from. I, I, I didn't. I because just hopping into it because I haven't seen the other two. Oh, okay. okay. So, I haven't either. So, the, so it works. I mean, it is again. It it's it's a mind bender. Yeah, 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 yeah. City, uh, City of the Living Dead uh, with the great Christopher George is a, a a wonderful film in that it is, man, packed with gore, and I would argue maybe one of the goriest scenes in cinema history. Uh, I think. Oh, I think I know what it is. There's a drill press. No, huh? I know there's one. I thought City of the Dead had a drill uh-uh. press one. No, no, no. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, I do well, ha- encourage can we go folks. Go to this house. When you get here, too. heck yeah! No, I would love. Yeah, I would love to go across the lake and go to Madisonville and see uh, Fulci tour. That'd be fun. Hey. Yeah, heck yeah! All right, um, should we get on out of here? Well, I think that before or, we do, yeah, I think there's a couple of things that we need some 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 business to take yeah. care of. Sure, sure. Oh, Liz? Before we move on to the housekeeping business, I yeah. just want to recommend a couple more movies, all mm-hmm. set right here in sure. Louisiana. Um, Candyman two. Yeah. Yep. Farewell of the Flesh, that mm-hmm. at Mardi Gras. Angel Heart, yeah. Rest in Peace, Mickey Rourke's Beautiful Face. Hatchet, <laughs> we love Hatchet. Love Hatchet. Yep. Uh, Eve's Bayou for uh-huh. the uh, horror, not horror set. Skeleton Key, which yeah. is a fun mystery with Kate Hudson. And John most Hurt recently, um, yeah, Antebellum uh, with Janelle Monet is set yeah. down here. So yeah, and if I was going to toss some other ones out there, uh, mm-hmm. Pumpkinhead, which uh, supposedly oh, yeah. North is, Carolina. Is all shot in... 
California. Cal- yeah, but it's clearly yeah. California. Uh, it looks like on the, it looks like the set of Mash. Right. <laughs> uh, Deliverance, uh, which uh, you know, I think that's that that is. I think we talked H- about horror a similar, or not. Yeah, but was another movie that we that we had talked about recently. Oh, Rituals, uh, Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Rituals. Yeah. yeah, which is similar to that. Uh, Jeepers Creepers is in Florida. Yes. Florida. Um, I know what you did last summer, uh, which North was Carolina. North Carolina. Carolinas. Crawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. From Florida, yep. uh, X and Pearl from Texas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Eaten alive. Yep. Texas. Yep. Uh, and Interview with the vampire. I mean, there's there's your Anne Rice yep. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so and uh, lastly, Evil Dead, which is Tennessee. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's but where the cabin in the woods is. We have uh, we wanted to do a special shout out to Robin Marcote who uh, is one of our Patreon uh, subscribers. Um, thank you for pitching in. We, we met Robin at Overlook. Uh, she, was, she, she was wearing a, uh, a, a, well, we found out actually we were in line and, and she knew about us when we came down and was one of those, every now, when, when you run into somebody who's not local to, uh, although I, I guess in New Orleans she'd be, she is she's now. local. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Robin, thank you so much for your Patreon, uh, contribution. You do have, uh, you, you need to get back in touch with us because we owe you a, um, a request, a request from the bandstand. That's uh, right. So that you can, you can make a request of us. Um, and, and for those of you who are out there who would like the same, um, Opportunity, uh, go to our Patreon page and Heck sign up. Yeah, hit us up and yep. uh, and, and tell us what you, you want to hear about. And you get a t shirt, and a t shirt, and stickers, and buttons. Come on, stuff. Support the scariest stuff. things podcast. Swag. Support yep. the scariest things podcast. All right, I'm gonna take us out with a tagline from Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. Charlotte, don't you cry. Chop, chop, sweet, sweet Charlotte. A faithless man must die. That's you, Bruce Dern. (laughs) 